0: Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hi and welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. The black market of potatoes <laughs> is is rampant.
1: The potato shortage is is biting. Do you
0: remember three years ago when uh, you couldn't buy a roll of toilet paper?
1: Oh, how could I forget? And
0: and, and uh, when you got one, the <laughs> it, it was it like, was like tat, gold. It was like winning Tatts <laughs> I went to the supermarket two days ago, and there were not only crinkle cut chips, which mm. are my favourite, there were straight ones as well. No shoestrings, but there were at least mm. I got one of each. And I, Ferdinand was walking through the supermarket like I had won Tat's Lotto and was telling everybody about it.
1: May I say, too, it was you. That predicted this potato crisis.
0: Well, I, I sort of saw that there were things happening in the supermarket that I thought, now, why is it, why are there no potatoes? Why mm. why are the chip? Mm. And now it is not only the chip, but uh, frozen vegetables. I saw a Facebook you... post the other day from someone who said they actually, same as me, felt like they'd won Tats Lotto because they not only got the uh, <laughs> the chips, but they got the supplementary <laughs> uh, peas and corn and uh, beans oh, or whatever right. it was. And the ones that they like. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting uh, walking around the supermarket now. But toilet paper, oh, we've got it Uh, anyway. (laughs) Uh, Good show today, terrific show, surprising show because we have a a guest that – um it's probably not synonymous with food or being in the kitchen or anything but she absolutely loves it. Well
1: she may have created one of the oh, most uh, wonderful um, <laughs> culinary masterpieces S- we've seen in a while.
0: Uh, the accidental uh, invention, I guess you could call it. Tottie
1: Goldsmith. She's uh, she's a character she's an absolute uh, delight. We now, had a lot of fun with this conversation. Yeah we did
0: and Patty's a really interesting human being in in what she's done over the years. She's done breakfast radio, she's done acting roles in all sorts of films mm. and television series. Um, she's emceed events. She's a charity worker.
1: I actually remember, Totti, back in the day. Oh, here we go. It was a uh, an Australian series called Starting Out, and I believe Totti played a hairdresser in it. And I thought she was the coolest kid going around. Oh,
0: there you go. So she's done it all, and now she adds food bites to that. And uh, oh, it's a real. She's
1: reached the greatest height there me, is to reach. It's a
0: really interesting beginning to the interview. Don't miss <laughs> that. That's coming up in a cheek. Uh, now, Lavar. Is that how I say yes. it? Yes,
1: well, close enough, yeah. yeah. I okay. believe it's baklava. Baklava. You know, that, that sticky, sugary Greek or Turkish kind of dessert. I'm
0: not sure. With the filo pastry. All right, so we're going to find out whether you like it, yay or nay. That's our food polls. that's all coming up. But first, let's get to the wonderful Toddy Goldsmith. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. I've just um,
2: had an issue with how I cooked my
0: porridge. Oh, oh here. Oh, so we're going straight, we're going immediately jumping into the kitchen disaster area.
2: We're going in there, yep.
0: We don't want to miss any of this any of this absolute uh, towering inferno, Poseidon adventure type stuff that's going on in your kitchen, Toddy.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. So Okay, so this is what happens when you're doing too many things in the morning. I put the porridge in. Thank God for those, what are those Stick proof pans, Teflon? Yep. Teflon, yep. Because I'm telling you, if I could send you a photo now, my my oatmeal, my porridge looks like a pancake. (laughs) And it was only because I remembered you guys were calling that I came back into the kitchen. I've gone, oh, I know that smell. (laughs) (laughs) So is is porridge a daily staple for you,
1: Toddy? And how do you you have it?
2: Well, I ran out of toast. I normally have oat toast. That's my go-to. Or I have this sprouted it's from the health food shop this sprouted bread so it sprouts and it's damp and it's rammed together and it's kept in the fridge and it's unbelievable and then I have coconut oil and avocado and whatever on it but I ran out of it so I'm on the um I'm on the porridge and I don't know what I'm going to do with a pancake a <laughs> porridge pancake I think I might post it some people might come up with some ideas for me or well, you can
1: just <laughs> pour some maple syrup and chop up some strawberries and serve it
2: like a pancake <laughs> Well, I reckon I could because what's the difference really? I mean, I eat oat toast, mm. so I've made an oat thick pancake.
0: You may have invented something. It you might know. be
2: delicious. Could have, well, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to give it a whirl. You <laughs> want me to do it now? Yeah, <laughs> live. Okay, have I'm going to get a knife, a knife and a fork to have my porridge. Okay, and let's
0: see. This is bra- breaking news. This porridge is breaking with, news. Porridge with a knife and fork. <laughs> okay. Usually that's reserved for 19-year-old bachelors who don't know what the hell they're doing.
2: I'm telling you, it just tastes like chewy porridge. Oh, oh there you go. You might have created something. Yeah, it's something. not bad. I'm, I'm posting this. I'm telling you, there's a thing happening here. See, and chewy- I'm going to listen to you, Sarah. I'm going to dress it with something. See, chewy's better than gluggy. Oh.
1: When it comes to Anzac cookies, yeah. Yeah, and, and porridge. and <laughs> Well, maybe
2: yeah. it is kind of like a porridge cookie. Maybe it's not a pancake. <laughs> it's a bit thick for a pancake. God, I wish I could send you a photo. It's classic. So how are you guys? <laughs> we're, we're, we're not thinking. too bad. We're
1: not too bad. We feel like, well, I feel like today is almost like the the line in the sand's been drawn, uh, officially ending, you know, the, the Christmas New Year period, and we're all back to business. Is that how it feels for you?
2: I've got to tell you, I went... I went away a couple of times, and when I came back, I found it so hard to get into work. Like the discipline yep. of sitting down at my computer and going through my emails and responding and getting up because I do weddings as well. And I'm going, oh, my God, I've got to get back into the legal paperwork. And it took me a couple of days to just get my head in, and coffee supported me through that. But mm-hmm. you know how you have a, a break and you just you get like numb brain. Mm.
0: I think we've actually uh, – we're enjoying the breaks more now post-COVID because I, I guess we we do – we have pushed the pause button on life and gone, no, bugger it, I'm not doing that. I'm gonna I'm actually going to have a break from it. Whereas uh, pre-COVID, we, we're tended, not, we tended to take it with us too much.
2: And we're not stuck in the house now. Yeah. Like, we can breathe again. It's just yeah. – it's like oxygen. I spent – I was going to drive up to Sydney. A girlfriend of mine's got a – and her husband have got a place on – the, on Coogee, which is the south of Sydney, sort of towards Wollongong. Mm. And we were driving up there and then she rings in, she goes, we've all got COVID. Yep. So I went to a friend's farm on the way and stayed there and had the best time just hanging out on a farm. Mm. And then I got my daughter and my ex-husband to come and stay with us and it was just so beautiful and simple. Mm. You know, so it kind of worked out well. I didn't have to go all the way up to Sydney, and it was just. Hang on, I'm going <laughs> to. <coughs> I'm going to sneeze. I said, "Bless you." Bless you. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <That's
1: right>. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the all city. There's a lot happened live. I, I've made. Porridge pancakes I means sneezing all over your show. I oh, know that's lovely. That we we love that. That's real life. And um, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> so is, is would the kitchen be somewhere you you spend a lot of time, Toddy? Do you do you um do you like cooking?
2: I love cooking. I love being around food. And my dining table, like it's open plan, like most people now. So I'm kind of in the kitchen, and I do. I love. I love the markets. I love. I grow my own herbs, so now I don't have to go and. Get herbs and that makes me really happy but I just I love the market I love washing all the produce afterwards and working out what we're gonna make and I'm actually dating a chef oh. which has brought a whole new thing to my world
1: oh how wonderful
2: <laughs> yeah I'm telling you it's really good to kick back and watch. The first time I cooked for him, I was, I was having very quiet anxiety. I went, right, I'm going to pour a glass of wine. I don't want to show him how anxious I am. And I watched him take the first mouthful, every mouthful, watching his expressions. He was like, this is good. <laughs> like, oh, phew. There's nothing quite like, yeah, cooking in front of a chef.
0: Did you go for your, I mean, was, was it your go-to dish, the one that you know you do really, really well? <laughs> Oh, of course. Yeah. My, so who wants so what is no,
2: it? It's, it's, um That particular time, I actually made, okay, I got sweet potato and pumpkin and parsnip and I steamed them. No, I, so I roasted them. Then I mashed them and then put butter on top and salt and pepper and cumin. I love cumin. So I mixed mm. cumin in. And then I did salmon you know with the skin so it's crispy on top of that and I did some um, bok choy and broccolini next to it with a slice of lemon so it was very clean and simple and of course chili and oil so it was very my go-to like that's the easiest thing in the world and it looks really pretty because you make a bed with all of those beautiful root vegetables and then you put the the fish on top of that and the green next to it and I did well Oh. And I didn't ruin it. it. wasn't tough. It was tender. It wasn't undercooked. It wasn't
1: overcooked. Wow, So proud of myself. It sounds like a far cry from what you were you served up or weren't served up. I guess when you were um, in the jungle where we saw you recently, uh, that would be some kind of contrast. There, you <laughs>
2: probably speaking speaking of porridge, <laughs> because but you no porridge what? pancakes I, no. <laughs> now I'm making porridge pancakes we should have done that in there because the porridge was so disgusting and I'm a porridge girl so I love it it gets me through the day like I just it's my body adores it the porridge was. I can't look there is a way I could describe it but I don't know if your listeners would really <laughs> approve oh you can all right, whale sperm is what we called it <laughs> because there was like Poe who was in charge of the cooking. So by the time I got there, I was like day four in there and they were already scrimping because they'd missed out on a couple of dinners for whatever reason. And you know how hey, you have to play these games to get the food and if mm-hmm. you don't, you don't eat. So then they had just um, already made the decision that instead of having a cup of porridge for breakfast and a cup of brown rice and beans for lunch they've gone we're going to harvest so in case we don't get food at night Mm. we have a stash because you can't sleep when you Mm. tummy's rumbling so then when we were you know winning food would mix the extra porridge and rice into it to thicken it up because they don't give you a lot of food like I'm I'm not a big person and I went in there I was chowing down to sort of build some weight up because I, I can lose weight really quickly. I was in there for two weeks and came out three and a half kilos lighter. Oh, wow. Like that's really nuts. Yeah. Anywho, so the porridge, so what Poe did was she added in extra water to try and make it go further. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't even. I can't. <laughs> I. I. It's making me gag. Oh. I I wear glasses, right, for, for reading. So I'm long-sighted, is that right? Yeah. So – I hadn't actually seen how bad the porridge looked until I put my glasses on one day and I almost dry reached. It was the most horrendous looking thing. I didn't know that you could make porridge so awful i didn't know that was possible (laughs) we um
1: we've spoken to a few people on this podcast who've been in the jungle and they all have said exactly the same thing not only is it harder than it looks and you're hungrier than you think but the um the mental strain and the boredom is just enormous
2: yeah interesting i guess we're all different i i don't experience bored Mm -hmm. i'm one of those people that there's Always something to contemplate or look at or just lie on your back and look up at those beautiful trees or the leaves and I exercised and talked to people or slept or meditated because I'm a meditator. Mm. So I didn't experience boredom. What I did experience was I I get migraines. I'm, I'm, I'm migraine-prone. Mm. And before I went in there, I'd actually been in hospital for a, a few days because I couldn't break a cycle. So by the time I got in there, they were actually not going to let me in and by the time I got in there and we're lacking food because not having food actually can trigger migraines for my type. Some people it's dehydration, some people it's chocolate, some people it's peanuts. For me it's um, not getting whatever it is that food gives you. And I struggled with migraines in there. So I was constantly up in the mm. medical hut going, I don't need my medication. Mm. That was the hardest thing for me. Everything else I found great. There was one person who was a bit tricky, but I called him out, called him a dick. On I didn't realise Emily Seaborn also called him a dick until I saw it on air. (laughs) Okay. So he was a bit tricky, but I kind of dealt with him. But I really, I'm quite rugged and outdoorsy, so it really suited me. I'm not big on the toilet drop thing, you know. (laughs) I can't imagine who's really into that. Yeah, no, that's not a good thing. And also it was weirdly cold in there. Like Mm. when you went out to go and do um, the trials, it was really warm. But under where we were, the trees were so high, it was a rainforest and there was no sun coming through. And the one area that was open above the camp, they put a massive tarp because people were sending in drones trying to see who was in. Mm -hmm. You know,
3: they
2: want to leak it, right? So I'll give an example of how cold it was. You'd wash. I washed a pair of socks at the beginning, and they dry. They took about five days to dry. And that's holding them near the fireplace. We literally held our undies on sticks over the fire to get our undies dry. And they're synthetic, right? And they it's should like dry. Just thinking about it. That's right. So that was really. Um. But I think the lack of sleep. I really struggled with the lack of sleep, and I struggle with migraines. But put the migraines aside, because that's my problem, not you know the the so-called jungles problem. I actually really loved it. Yeah? Oh, wow. I wouldn't do it again. Like I've been Mm -hmm. asked, would you do it again? I'm like, no, I've done it. And when I do it again? Why? Yeah. I don't want to starve and, well, now I'm on some preventative migraine stuff, but I don't want to put myself in that position. But it's, it's great. I love having experiences in life. Yeah. And that I just chalk up as one of those amazing experiences that people just don't get to do. Now, I went to Iraq in 2005 to entertain the troops. And it's like some people go, you're insane. And I go, well, I, I, number one, I wanted to do something that made me feel useful. But what an experience to have in life. How yeah. lucky am I? Yeah. So I kind of see my my opportunities. And it's not the, the charity work I do. I wouldn't be able to do this much charity work and make a difference if I didn't have a profile, if I didn't do all this it, you know, like I, there's always a, a way that you can put it to good use and be valuable to the community. So, yeah.
0: was there one? Know? Was there one thing in the jungle that you missed? I mean, apart from your your, your family and your friends, because you can't have them in there. But was there one sort of food or coffee or anything that you missed more than anything else that you were busting to get back in your system when yeah, you got out?
2: Yeah, yeah, coffee, coffee, yeah. coffee. I kind of cut right down to one a day. When I'm at home, I have it organic, so I'm not getting that chemical thing, you know, where you get the real high, high, high. Yep. But I am addicted to it. I think it's emotionally because I do the whole Italian stovetop thing and it's this, what do you, what's the word for it? Uh, not tradition. Um, You know, when you have your little, it's not habits, it'll come to me. Custom? Br-
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. You know, yeah, at home. So I missed having coffee, but I did sneak in some tea bags mm-hmm. and Brookie and I, I shared them with her. I didn't tell anyone else. We were literally having the tea bags in those mugs in the hot water until there was, like, no colour in the water. But I only snuck in half a dozen, and then when they ran out, it was like, oh. But, yeah, I missed coffee, and I'm quite – I just, need, I just missed having more food. I just needed more food for my body to function well.
0: So is it, when you got out of the jungle, was there anything you missed from the jungle, you know, like a snail or, you know, maybe a bit of a wombat or something that you you ate in there that you well, thought, hmm, I'll I, take it with
2: me? No, I just, you know what, I just I love the people, Like They're just beautiful people and we've got a WhatsApp group and we all stay in touch and we support each other in, you know, things that they're doing. We go to their shows or whatever we can do. Um, Maria's launching a book, I can't get up to Sydney, I've just got back yesterday but she's, you know, like I think a few of the guys are going to go to her book launch and we just really support each other and I just I don't miss anything, I did love waking up in that environment it was so beautiful, like the plants, the trees and the big ferns and the palms didn't look real because they weren't covered in dust so they mm-hmm. were so shiny, so they just, they looked like they were plastic because they were so clean and that was just beautiful and the air i mean it was really it was gorgeous yeah hey you mentioned i don't miss sitting on that log my bum <laughs> was bruised. my my butt bones were bruised sitting on that thing like-, like it really really hurt me <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. What was that? No,
0: no right. I was going to say you mentioned your charity work, and I wanted to talk about that. Um, uh, yeah. You got an OAM for your charity work, which includes the the work that you do with the with the Cancer Centre for your, for your, uh, the late Olivia Newton John, of course, was very close to you. Uh, can you can you take us through what that means to you? How important that is?
2: Um, feel it, gets, it makes me a bit emotional actually, um, because this year it was really weird not having her at the walk, but Liv... Before it was a hole in the ground, um, Lib took me by the hand and she said, we're going to do this together. And she pretty much, she got me involved at a very early stage where we were fundraising to build the buildings, um, you know, to do the plans, to do this, to do that. And she, she always had me in mind because I'm based here to take on, carry on her legacy. And she said it to me a number of times. My nickname with her was Plonka. Um, I know for people who are listening, Olivia's my mum's sister, yep. mm. and my late mum's sister. And Olivia was much more of a mother to the three of us. Our mother left when we were very young and went back to England, and Olivia really stepped up as, you know, that kind of role model and so we had that relationship and we had the hospital relationship and she always said to me Plonka you know I'm passing you the baton and I knew she was but this year was you know after her passing because anyone that's lost someone really close it takes your brain and your heart quite a while to actually really accept it so when we were on the walk and especially when we had the front line, which is normally Olivia in the middle and, well, Chloe came out once, but it's normally the family and John were all holding hands. And then suddenly I'm standing in the line without her with my brothers and sisters and, you know, family and close friends, and there was this just this gaping hole and it was really surreal. But the beautiful thing was my biggest fear, to be honest, was that without her – People wouldn't be interested, they wouldn't come to the walk, and we wouldn't raise as much funds to keep the Wellness Centre going. Well, people are honouring her legacy because we got a thousand more people and we raised double the amount. Oh, wow. wow. So that just was, I can't tell you how heartwarming, but also a massive um, relief. And, you know, Chloe and I, well, Olivia's daughter, we talk all the time, and I was saying, right, well, we're doing press tomorrow morning. Can I get you, can you do a live cross? We've got Richard Walken's doing this. Could you speak to him if I set it up? She's like, yes. So we're a real team and she's coming out next year. No, this year. It's already next year. She's coming out um, this year to um, do the walk and set it up, which is fantastic. So that's going to... Be really beautiful for both of us, and be fantastic for the wellness centre. Yeah,
1: there was such a a massive, you know, global outpouring of grief, wasn't there, uh, Toti? I mean, she was so universally loved, wasn't she? By even by those who who didn't who didn't know her. Yeah, and it's
2: although it doesn't come as a surprise, it came as a surprise
3: Mm.
2: how big it was. Like. You know, the Italian magazines, France, everywhere around the world, she was the front cover. and I mean, Greece really was the thing that turned her into that superstardom. And who doesn't love Greece and who hasn't showed it to their kids? So her legacy will still keep living on a global level through that movie that they didn't know if it would make, you know, five bucks.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: It was a low-budget movie and it just was, um, it touched people. In a really big way, and people related to it, and the beautiful, the fun music, and the the happy ending, and you know the whole thing. Yeah. So that that will keep her alive forever. And also in the states, um, John Eastling, her husband, is um, run runs the foundation which is about um, medicinal cannabis because that really helped her through her treatment in terms of pain and also helping shrink the um well basically just to sum it up it's it's kind of cancer treatment. Yep. Because if you're on, you know, massive painkillers for too long, it's really bad for your system in other ways. And so he's keeping that legacy alive and at Gaday LA Chloe sent me the video of them speaking and John was talking a lot about that. And so that's the, the foundation. I mean as soon as it becomes legal in Australia we'll be able to help people here. But my job is about the Olivia Newton John Cancer Wellness Centre. And I'm the Goodwill ambassador for that.
0: And that obviously is one of the uh, the major things that you're doing in 2023. What else you got lined up for this year?
2: Well, do you know, I, well, a couple of things. I do a gig with George Cappagnatis, who's a comedian, a Greek comedian from, you know. Acropolis Now. Yeah. Acropolis Now. So we did a, a show pre-COVID called Songs of Countdown. and I was on Countdown. He talks about it being a Greek boy in Countdown and we sing all these songs from Countdown and it's a really good show. So we're pulling that back together and we're booked for later in the year. And then a few weeks ago, about three weeks ago, I got asked to jump in to this lineup at a place called Memo Music Hall in St Kilda and it's, you know, it's an old RSL club and it's like you walk back into the 80s. Like it's never changed. All musos just love playing there. So I got asked to do, um, a couple of duets and a solo and this woman that I got put together with, we just had this instant connection and we just, we sang. I mean, she's got a much bigger, better voice than me. She's like a real singer and she um, is a singing teacher as well. And her name is um, Nina Farreau. Do you know of her? She's actually about to do Judy Garland. Oh, okay. yeah. The Judy Garland show, and she is um, she's unbelievable. She's amazing, and I, I just went, why don't we do a duet show? And I said it to her, and she went, oh my god, that's such a brilliant idea. So we're pulling a show together called It Takes Two. So the two of us are going to do duets and invite celebrities in um, to join us. So different places that we go. We've already got bookings. It's wild. We haven't even rehearsed yet, (laughs) and so um, it's going to be a trip down memory lane, sort of from the '60s through to now. Of duets and you know and also unison like the you know the spice girls and mamma mia and all that kind of stuff so oh, wow. we're yeah we're doing that now so that's really fun to focus on and georgia thing and as i said earlier i'm a marriage celebrant and i emcee events. so uh you know i'm busy and i'm a mother to a beautiful
0: dog mm. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that billy goat that's Billy
2: Goat Goldsmith. <laughs> yeah. She's my little rescue, so it's like it's like having the most vulnerable child. Yep. Oh, she's beautiful. Yeah,
1: we've got to rescue kelpie yep. too. They're yep. beautiful, beautiful creatures, aren't they?
2: And they appreciate it, yeah. don't they? Like yeah. they know they're They'll just do. like thank you. Don't ever leave me. Has yours yeah. got anxiety when you leave? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, and he's um, yep.
1: he's a little bit timid, um, and we're, we're, it makes us wonder what he's he's been subjected to um, before. You know, we we That's took him right. How yeah. old was he He's, when you got him? He was just uh, six months old. Six months, yeah. yeah.
2: right.
0: And yeah. I think yeah, he'd, he'd, been, he'd been beaten by someone pretty badly. I yeah,
2: think. yeah. Billy got I got her at about four and a bit, and she has the same thing. She has these. She has post traumatic stress. You know, she reacts to things that you wouldn't think she'd react to, but she used to shake all the time. Mm-hmm. And down on the road, because she came from the Northern Territory on a pigging station oh, and they, oh. and she refused to hunt pigs. Oh. So they were going to put her down or put her down, they are going to shoot her. And one of the people on the station that she connected with a woman, she got her rescued and I ended up with her. So, well, nice.
3: um,
2: yeah. So yeah, that you see it. She just, she's great in the home, but you take them outside or people coming here and it's like, you're going to take my mother and yeah. she shakes, literally shakes. Oh, so, wow. the poor
1: thing, yeah. Yeah. So
2: you know wonderful. what? That's. Mm-hmm. But they've got us, you know, yeah. and it's so beautiful and the bond is so deep, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's meant, meant is. to be. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Uh, both yeah. ways too, absolutely yeah. both ways. Hey, um, yeah.
1: Toddy, I was going to, uh, you, you've you been on our screens on stage, you've had a wonderfully successful career in the Australian entertainment industry, whether it be acting, whether it be singing, whether it be on radio. Um, and I guess there's a lot of pressure on women as we get older, not just in the entertainment industry but in life in general. And... At this stage of your life and your career, how much importance do you place on physical
2: appearance? Um, I've always been fit, mm. so that's always been important to me. Um, I got chronic fatigue many, many, many years ago in the in the mid nineties, and I lost my health. And I that was my lesson. It was I, I didn't work for five years. This was mm. my lesson of if you don't have your health, you have nothing. So I in that stage there was no internet, so I couldn't Google. Nutritional things because I was so tired that I didn't want to waste a calorie, and even getting up to go to the bathroom was so exhausting. I, you know, everything was about what do I put in my mouth? It's got to count. And I really started um, understanding more about food, reading books in those days. And so that stayed a really important thing for me. And I was in my 30s when I got it. So that's what he, yeah. But getting older, like I turned 60 on my last birthday and then you start getting, you know, (laughs) this is what the last makeup artist said. He Mm -hmm. said, oh, darling, they're pillows. I'm going, you know, these lines beside my eyes, like, what sort of makeup can I do that's not going to sink in? He goes, Oh, dolls, they're pillows. So with pillows, you don't. <laughs> I'm like, Thanks, mate. <laughs> you don't put shimmery on that because you don't want to bring attention to it. So it's hydrate, 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 moisturizer, moisturizer, moisturizer. <laughs> Clearly, he's gay. And so I'm going, I'm going, hydrate, hydrate. But I'm actually trying a product that's supposed to be called Tox, and I'm trying it out to see if it just softens them because, of course, we're in the public and. Mm. You know we're on, we're on all this stuff, and we get insecure. You know it's normal, and we're all going to get, you know, to a point. What what I do say is, my younger friends are in their fifties. I go enjoy it <laughs> because you're going to be sixty. You're going to look back. It's all relative, yeah. and you know, Olivia was, um, you know, she just said we've got to allow ourselves to get older. And even like I did some headshots recently and the photographer who took them sent them back touched up and I said, can you send them to me not touched up so I can make a choice? You've got to touch them up a little bit because otherwise it can be quite crude. You know, they've got the bright lights. I just want it really subtly touched up because I don't want to pitch a person that I'm not.
3: Yeah,
2: Mm, yeah. You know, as an actor. But it's hard, you know. We're, you know, we're aging beauty. (laughs) (laughs) But in the same breath, I um, I, was, I was traveling with a group and there was a much younger woman, she was about 35, and I said, you know, I'll get all these lines here, she goes, I find them beautiful. Mm. And that really touched my heart, yep. and I liked it, that she thought that the lines at the side of my eyes were beautiful, and I really took it on, and I felt really lovely from that comment. So they're not horrible but I do go and I have facials. I had needling a couple of weeks ago on my face, which is a thing to rejuvenate your um, collagen and stimulate and all that stuff. So I'm right into doing that stuff. Like why not? Why not look your best for as long as you can? But it is an industry that it's very tough for for older women. Mm. You know the roles are much less, they don't embrace them. Like they do in the states. In the states, older women are much more embraced, and even there, it's not great. Yeah. But here, it's worse.
0: Yeah, it is. It a yeah. smaller industry, and it's more critical, I think, than. Yeah, overseas. more critical.
2: Yeah, and you know what? That's more why I, feel, I feel safer on stage because <laughs> you can't see all my lines. You know. <laughs> I'm moving too fast. Let me
1: tell you look absolutely magnificent from where from where we are.
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for oh your time. Good, good health and happiness to you. Thank you, and
2: to both of you. Thank you, lovely chatting.
0: Thanks, Toddie. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. <laughs> that was funny. That's <laughs> very funny. She's it's very very funny, but with a heart of gold, as you can tell, with her, her work with the Olivia and yeah. John wellness centre, and uh, and also rescuing dogs too. Mm. And I've I've since seen her dog on, uh, on Facebook. <laughs> it's a Billy Goat. Yeah, Billy Goat. And uh, Billy Goat's gorgeous. Uh, I can see I, why I've Billy Goat. I've had a look too. Absolutely yeah, beautiful. I can see why Billy Goat melted her heart. All right, let's get to our food poll because this, well, I don't know if it's controversial, but it's, oh, Jesus, it's polarising.
1: It's sweet. It's syrupy. It's nutty. It's a bit like you like a bit. I know. Like, no. yeah. <laughs> Do you
0: like baklava? We'll start with Sue who says... Yay. Silvana says, yay. Amanda says, yummy. Cherie says, oh, yes, please. Now, uh, one thing that is different about this food poll is Wayne has had quite a bit to say about this, (laughs) unlike Wayne. So Wayne is sprinkled throughout.
1: sprinkled like like a pistachio.
0: Exactly, like something you would sprinkle on top of your baklava. And Wayne starts by saying, oh, dear Lord, no. I really cannot comprehend how anyone can love uh, uh, who can throw love on this pistachio peppered pastry of poxness? It's the absolute <laughs> Mount Everest of dessert based disappointment.
1: Beck says, Oh, yes, currently working out how to do this vegan.
0: Annie says, No, thank you, too sweet. Mali Blah says, Yay. Uh, Rachel says, uh, Yay, there's a yummy baklava shop near me. Davin
1: says, Yes, I love
0: it. Uh, Paul says,
1: Nay. Darren says, Oh, yay. And Caroline says, yummo, our neighbor just introduced us to Alva's Patisserie in High Street Press and Oh my gosh, thank goodness we don't live closer. <laughs>
0: Wayne continues his anti baklava thesis. It's so it's so sickly sweet that you risk diabetes by even being in the same room as it. Plus it contains rose water. Now this is one of the stupidest food trends in human history. Roses are pretty and are very useful around the 14th of February for helping a young man achieve what a young man uh, wants to achieve. <laughs> but its scent infused in water does not belong in food. It belongs in toilet spray. <laughs> End of story. However, in the interests of fairness, I saw some of this flaky foulness from an ex- excellent bakery near me and weighed it into it. The sugar rush was beyond anything I have ever experienced and I'm convinced that for a brief moment I could see through time. To be continued.
1: Leah Galvin says, a
0: big yay. Jane Barnes says, nay. Countess says, nay. Peter Hitchener liked four yay tweets but then didn't commit himself either way. So sitting on the fence here, Hitch. Baz
1: Echo says, yay, yay and yay.
0: Old Croaky says, "Uh, yet to try it. Maybe this food poll will motivate me to give it a taste test. And Wayne's final words. It was so insane. This is uh, obviously Mm -hmm. eating the baklava that I temporarily took leave of my senses and thought I was Dr Seuss and this was the result. Hmm. Baklava is evil stuff. I do not like it. Fair enough. People say, you're mad, old man. It's dessert perfection in a pan. I do not like it here or there. I do not like it anywhere. I do not like it in my house, even if you think it's grouse. I do not like it on a plane. I do not like it on a train. I do not like it in a car. It's gross and evil. There you are. But nobody would let me be, so I tried again to taste and see if I could warm to baklava. Results are in, so here you are. I do not like it, not one bit. I do not like that nasty s***. Oh,
1: oh that's, um, that's one of the most outstanding ever. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Wayne! You've done it again. Good stuff, Wayne. Yeah.
0: Well done. Uh, now, uh, sixty forty
1: mm, against, in favor. No, oh.
0: against. No, there's a lot more nays than mm. there are yeses. Bit
1: too sweet for me.
0: Uh, I can't remember eating it. Mm, I don't um, think you would have. No, I don't I, think
1: it's something that would appeal to no, you. No,
0: not not. I don't think it's on my list. I'm pretty sure it's not on my list. So, is I'd,
1: there a kiss on your list? Oh, oh
0: Now, <laughs> now we're doing Hall and Oates songs. <laughs> Be, before we before we fall into man-eater your kiss or, I can't or, resist or Sarah smile another hall of note <laughs> songs let's let's move on rich girl. <laughs> Uh, and say farewell from Food Bites. Thank you to Toddy Goldsmith. What a trooper. Thank you. Uh, and, of course, uh, I'm sure jump on uh, any of the social media platforms if you want to help out with the Olivia Newton-John Wellness Centre and make a donation to that.
1: And uh, jump on um, our social media pages if you want to check out Toddy's uh, culinary invention, that Ooh. being <laughs> the porridge pancake, yes, which a few God. people say
0: looks Pretty bloody good. It's, it's been given the thumbs up by yes. quite a few people. So check that out. And, of course, the, uh, another food poll coming up on Friday. And don't forget the radio show on a Sunday morning at 9 o'clock across the ACE Radio Network yes. uh, in regional Victoria and New South Wales. Thank you, uh, Ms Patterson. Thank you, Kevin. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.
3: Is there a kiss on your list?